Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I have to admit that I was able to use you in this interview as bragging rights during my hometown visit recently. Yeah. <laughs> to Long Beach, California. My girlfriends and I met up for karaoke and they're like, so, you know, how are things going with Wit and Reason and your radio show? And and I, I was able to say like, well, <laughs> coming up, I'm going to be interviewing the celebrity psychologist. <laughs> I recognize him from Netflix's The Mind Explained. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's so exciting. So you made me seem like extra cool to my friends. I'm happy to be evoked in any karaoke booth. That's a new little bragging right there for me. Welcome to Wit and Reason, hosted by psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. Dr. Moreno brings her expertise to providing smart and practical explanations on human behavior. Listen now as Dr. Moreno brings a little bit of positive mental health to your day. You have so much wisdom and knowledge and even just like practical skills that you share with the world with through various social media platforms and Netflix and head <laughs> talks. I'm curious, how do you do it all? It's probably a better question for my wife. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> she would be like, he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> The dishes and laundry have piled up this week. <laughs> I'll tell you the story. Um, so I was uh, practicing full time in New York, um, working in an anxiety disorder clinic in a hospital. And I saw a patient who said, um, Dr. Ali, I got this video I want to share with you. It's really helped me. She showed it to me. It was like this three long minute long video where my patient was a teenager and it was another teenager talking about their depression or motivation, something like that. And I watched the video with my patient and I thought it was so full of crap. Like it was such bad advice for my patient. Yeah. And so I said, uh, this video, like, uh, I'm glad you found it helpful. Let me find something that might be more consistent with like the work we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I spent 
all night trying to find a video that would be good for her that she would actually watch. And at the time, this is like the early 2010s. And at the time, I, the only videos I could find from like our colleagues were like big, long lectures. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even want to watch these. No. Like, <laughs> I might watch this in person, but online, this is so boring. Yeah. Oh, so, um, I was complaining to my wife and my wife was like, why don't you make that video for her? And, and then I'm like, you can't just do that. You can't just make a video and put it on YouTube. And she's like, what the heck do you think YouTube is? That is. <laughs> so that's kind of where this started, where, why I started making videos uh, is I, I want to make that type of content for uh for people who can't access it and i also i i get really frustrated and sad and um upset and and mad about how hard it is for people to access someone like you or me yeah and how there are so many you have to first off overcome mental health stigma i want to put a lot of good stuff out there and um Sometimes I think I do a better job of it than others, but that's the drive that keeps me going is, is trying to get the stuff out there so that people who can't access it or need some help or need some guidance can, can be able to find it. And I hope that the stuff I make helps people, um, opens doors for people so they, they know what to do next. I, I, I don't think my stuff solves problems for people i do hope it it guides them to where they need to go yeah i i appreciate that so much and that's why i was so excited to be able to meet with you because that seems like we have those shared values or it's for me i i wasn't very familiar with psychology growing up either learned about it more so late adolescence and more academically in college and i just saw like all of these dusty books in the library <laughs> And I was like, there's so much good information here. Why don't I or my friend know about this kind of yeah. stuff? Um, why doesn't my family know about this kind of stuff? And it's like, why is all of this research and and knowledge like just being kind of gate gate kept gate, gate yeah. in in these, you know, ivory towers? Yeah. Um, not everyone can afford to go to college. You know, even just yeah. the information, not everyone has a psych, psych AP courses, you know, yep. um, and coming from <laughs> uh, watching the development of, of social media uh, in in my early adulthood. It's it's amazing to see how media has evolved in a way that it can be a place where we can openly talk about mental health, both from personal experiences um, and from an educational perspective, and especially like you're talking about, guide, encouraging and guiding people to get connected to mental health services. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the, the internet has created opportunities for us to have conversations about mental health mm -hmm. that weren't really happening before. Like yeah. when I was in grad school, I... I don't think I would ever be able to imagine a time where I could talk about my own anxiety right. and, and be a 
practicing psychologists like that. Those things did not gel together. But I think as social media started to come online, these conversations were happening even more. And just the the idea that we are, you know, Twitter, rest in peace. Like when <laughs> what I saw on Twitter were these the people that were doing well were the people who were more authentic. Like they were their their professional self, but also they talked about like the movies they're watching and like the things that they're upset about and the things that they're obsessed about. Um, and that was cool to me. And the more I started doing this kind of stuff, the more I realized that I, I could not just be like Dr. Ali, like psychologist, like professional person, you know, it, it's also, um, the geeky side of me or the anxious side of me or the, the kid who's so, or the guy who's so overwhelmed that I want to like yell at my kid's side of me. Like these are all things that are a part of me. And, and, um, authenticity is, it's kind of all we've got now. Um, it's, it's what is the best tool I think we have to connect with other people. Cause that's the other thing that's changed now. Um, now that we're like more than 10 years out, from social media coming online. There's so much noise out there. There's so much stuff that uh, I think the only thing that cuts through that noise is you being your honest, authentic self. Cause there's only one person like you, you know? And yeah, I, I think a lot of people try to emulate other personas on YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff. But like really the only thing that's going to connect with people is you. Yeah. And trying to be anything else that you're just, just exhausting. Is this correct? You didn't have like any familiarity with psychology prior to college? No, no, I didn't have, I didn't go to school that had like AP psychology. I didn't know anything about it. My knowledge of psychology, uh, my knowledge of like mental health, first right, off, right. was, was like Frasier, the TV show. Yeah. And what about Bob? Like those are my two, yeah. Like touch I points. I kind of looked into what about Bob? I missed that one. <laughs> my mine was Frazier and then Doctor Laura. <laughs> and oh, from from Sopranos? Is that no? From, no, from um an 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 old radio show that my mom would make me listen to. Oh wow! Um, so, I'm guessing it was in L.A. because that's where I grew up. So I don't know if if this Doctor Laura was um broadcasted anywhere else, but yeah, I later did a media psychology class and did some research, not, not officially like a psychologist. <laughs> and then like Dr. Phil, you know, so those. Oh, right, were, right, right. That was our representation, you know, at the time. Yeah. And yeah. So for you, you know, what, what was your understanding of psychology and mental health in particular growing up? Um, like poor and bad and limited and almost nothing. Like I, I thought it was, uh, like what about Bob is like a, a really silly comedy and the therapist in that movie, I think is pretty terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Right. It's so cold. And so like sits here in the chair is like, talk about feeling or something like, like I, I just, I remember thinking like this job is, is a joke when I saw right? that. But it was, you know, the movie was literally a joke. And then yeah. Frasier also was like a comedy. And I thought it was kind of ridiculous. And that I would, 
never was there an idea that I would ever go see one of these people, let alone become one of these people. Yeah. yeah. So that just it just was not I, I the schema, the the memory, the idea, the concept for me just did not really exist. It also seems like media was really impactful. Oh, yeah. In your psychological development or at least. Oh, 100 percent. Curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking back, I mean, what are your thoughts about media's impact today? I mean, we have a little bit more diversity on mental health professionals like yourself yeah. <laughs> in, in the media representing um, and then a little bit more diversity and representation and um, and even just like content matter available to us in the media. What are your thoughts around like media's impact on on uh, viewers today. Yeah, it's it's a wild thing to even consider that I like you like you said like like you it's 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 wild to to think that I am now a part of these things that were a huge impact on on, on me growing up. Um I think the I think big picture it's it's a totally different world in a good way compared to the stuff I was growing up with. So um, if you, if you look at just stories that had a huge impact on me, Saved by the Bell was another one. Yep. Um, I really wanted to be Zach Morris. Yeah. I was, I had, you know, I wanted to be this like white blonde hair, big sweater, cell phone carrying guy. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. And that like was totally impossible. Like I look nothing like Zach Morris, but I wanted to be him. And um, I, I think like stories like that, there are a lot more like there's that one say by the bell episode where um, uh, someone gets addicted to caffeine pills, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like the big mental yeah. health episode. Um, so I think stories now have a lot more mental health themes, right. which is great. I think there's more diversity of themes. I think there's a bit more representation of what a mental health uh, person can look like. Um, I think Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a good example of that. Uh, Never Have I Ever also, I, I think, has a has a cool therapist. Yeah. Um, all that stuff is good. I think what I'm uncertain about is how um, siloed media has become. So there isn't really the big shows that everyone watches. Um, there isn't really the common sources of news that everyone gets. And so I think you you can be in one family, you can be in a family of four, and everyone is sort of plugged into like completely different things. And they're all oblivious to like what each other is watching. Yeah. And and that I think is um I think that also has like consequences. So yeah, there's like and and that includes stuff like social media or YouTube or stuff that I do um, a lot more of. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I always meet YouTubers that are huge and I've never heard of them. And there's so many people like that. You know, it's it's such a diverse and fragmented and, and siloed and, you know, world of media now. Yeah. And and so it seems like you're you're kind of referencing like how alg- algorithms kind of put give everybody just kind of like what they 
want to watch. Yeah. And then that could be drastically different across family members. And it's almost like we've, unless you're intentional about your family media use, um, we've lost that that experience of kind of sitting down together and experiencing something together a show yes. as a family and kind of learning from that show potentially together. Yeah. I've never connected these dots before, but you're asking me about how you, or you reflected about how it sounds like media was a big, important part of your life. And it was. And part of that was all the conversations that my brother and I had about what we were watching. Right. And that I get concerned about is these communal experiences we had, you know, what, what's happening to that. Uh, I, I think it's, I get really concerned about how hard it is for teenagers and young people to just like, just hang out and exist in the same space together. Um, and I think media was one of those things that really brought people together. And um, I don't know, like even with my friends, if we're watching the same show, there aren't really any shows that come out week to week now where we all watch the episode at the same time. And then we talk about it and we're debating and we're hanging out. And it's it's this way in which we're able to be together. Um, I was just chatting with my friends earlier one of my friends is trying to has been trying to get us to watch this old sci-fi show called farscape for forever and we're all progressing in totally different places at different times and one person can binge it all the other person is watching like an episode a day and then there's me who watched like an episode like a month oh no like, you're that guy <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the straggler holding everybody group. up I'm done. yeah so like there's no conversations that are happening because it's going to spoil everything and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, you know, it's true. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's just weird. It's different. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if there is if there is any other experience that is like our shared communal experience. That's an alternative to. to television or. Sport, like live sports, I think is one. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like very necessary for communities to come together around this thing, bond together, go through losses, go through gains, um, all that kind of stuff. And in, in terms of media, I think it is one of the last things that we all watch together at the same time. Um, but even then, I don't know how many people watch sports anymore well you know what we have coming up it's pretty big in dc um and kind of countrywide and globally are the presidential elections yeah (laughs) which which can offer some (laughs) communal bonding and (laughs) live debates and let me let me tell you moving from california to dc there and i came in election year um, after Obama was leaving and um, they have like instead of sports bars it's like debate bars where on all of the screens it's just all of the presidential debates and people go regularly and it's live so you can't you know binge it later and you want to see it together and pros and cons yeah I think a lot that's that's also anxiety, in, in terms of anxiety like 
I know that's what I'm ready to transition to. Yeah. And I mean, living and working in DC, especially coming from LA and California, it's interesting. Um, you know, working and living in LA and California, a lot of it is entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have all the politics and business around that and anxieties around, around that industry and that lifestyle. And then moving to DC, it's very similar, except for it's politics. Um, and you have the same level of intent investment in this like field or industry and the ups and downs that come along with it. And as soon as campaigns start picking up, it, you could feel everyone's anxiety. I mean, you always kind of have a higher level of anxiety. I get <laughs> attention in DC and energy in DC. But then campaigns start hitting up and presidential elections start hitting up and it's, it's intense. I'm curious if you were to work with people who are facing this presidential election coming up and the anxieties that are associated with it, any tips and recommendations that you have for, for our DC listeners in particular that are like in the middle of it and impacted by it on a moment to moment basis? Yeah, I I think it's important to have some control of the flow of information that you allow into your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I think that starts with your phone. Um, I'm a big believer in shutting off every notification except for the important people stuff and the important work stuff. Yeah. So I know some people need to be in notified the yeah in the <laughs> that's a tricky part because yeah yeah and i, I told, yeah yeah like i think it's unreasonable to ask some of those people to like turn off your news notifications but yeah. but you know what you have to be stay what you have to stay informed with and 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 what you don't but um the things that are in your control that you don't need to be plugged into all the time like turn off those notifications. And then related to that, um, one of the things that, I oh gosh, I'm sounding like such a, I feel like I'm sounding like my dad now. But one of the things I missed from my childhood. Uh, <laughs> my day. <laughs> back okay, in my day. <laughs> you know, back in my day, we had local news. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing that I, uh, I think has really changed too, is a lot of the information we get now is much more national level and it's it's things that yeah we might need to have some awareness of but they don't necessarily affect our day-to-day life or our local community so um after 2016 one of the big changes i made in my life is i started to number one i started to listen to the news more than read the news what i found is the the visuals just kind of lingered in my head a lot more but if i listen to like uh moving to dc i fell in love with npr because it's what is playing in all the taxi cabs and everywhere the I, 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 i've been part of their the wamu the local npr station community council oh nice yeah. that is so, that's a big I had a, had a seat at the table for the past three years or six years it was six years I feel like that's a big DC celeb moment right, right there. That's a big, yeah, that's a big uh, feather in your head. You're recording of me, like, you know, encouraging people to donate. Yeah, no, nice. I love it. Knowledge is power. 
I um, hope you got a good tote bag out of out of <laughs> <laughs> I have some like cool pins and stuff. <laughs> I have cool socks. They give me very cool. Nice, nice. Um, so I I I am a big fan of that. Um, and you know, if you don't have access or you don't want to listen to NPR, there's a lot of of podcasts that um that you can also do. But find a way to get the information in a way that it doesn't stick in your head too much. So for me, that's been that's been audio based. And then also what I love about NPR and why I've, I've stuck with it is it's local too. Right. Um, and I know this is kind of a, I'm in the San Francisco Bay area. You're in DC. You're originally from LA and I previously lived in New York. Like these are all areas right. that have, we're very, very privileged to still have some local coverage. And pe- most people in the United States, I don't think do if you're outside of a metropolitan area. Um, as as much as you can, like staying connected to the information that does impact you day to day, I think is more important. So that's part of it. Control the flow of information, access it in a way that doesn't it's not as sticky in your head. Um, and, and that might also mean cutting down how how much in the day you are reading that kind of stuff. Um, that's that's where I'd start. And then. The other things I would do is I would, I think we have to have good boundaries on this kind of stuff too. So I have a, a family member who often texts me like the most stressful, oh. scary news stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the news that day. Right. Um, and I've, I've had to have many conversations with her over the years that like, this is really hard for me to to read and to see and what she has said is this is actually anxiety management for me like i feel less anxious when i read this stuff and i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) is it like a downward comparison kind of thing or closure kind of thing i um uh i do not know i think it i think it is some kind of comparison thing they're like, well, at least this isn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. You no. Know? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not impacted by this like flesh eating bacteria. Um, and so <laughs> this is, this is the thing I think we all need is it is to kind of set some boundaries here with, with people as well. Um, like, Oh, you can't, you have no idea when you send someone a message or you text them or email them, how it's impacting them. They, they don't, we don't see their reaction. So I think if you are having a hard time with that, um, setting some boundaries or having conversations when you see someone in person that, hey, I, I really, um, if elections come up and this is something you don't, you're not in the headspace for, let the person know. That I, this is the other changes that happened. I, I think um, this stuff has become much more identity driven, much more emotional. Um, and much more difficult for people to talk about than, you know, 2008, 2004, you know, maybe 2000 was a pretty emotional one with um, uh, Bush v. Gore. Um, but, you know, uh, we have to to take care of our mental health and set these boundaries. Otherwise, no one else is going to do it for us. Right. I I really appreciate all of that, all of that advice and this, this tips <laughs> and reminders for people like try to 
try to manage what you can. Um, depending on a person's industry, that could be kind of tricky because we need to yeah. be informed. But even letting your loved ones, friends, family know, like, hey, this isn't this isn't helpful for me. Yeah, yeah. Brain for sending me stuff like this. Um, my my background was in forensic psychology, actually, and mm-hmm. so everyone thought that I would be. I would love to receive messages about like sex trafficking and like, you know, this new right. like, or fun cast. And I'm like, no, this brings me back to work. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel the same way. I don't do that in my like relaxed time. I'm all about yeah. 24% yes. as much as I can. <laughs> so, I, uh, I 100% agree with you. Um, I, I often talk about how people who struggle with anxiety tend to have the volume turned up on their anxiety. And so we all have like our knobs and levers are all at different places and different stuff is difficult for us. And so sharing that with, with the people we're close to, I think is a, is a very healthy thing. And I don't want to give the impression that sometimes comes across in these kind of conversations that this means just like back away, don't engage with stuff. I think you, we all have causes that are important to us and we should find ways of supporting that cause, whether that means financially donating to organizations that are doing good work there or volunteering. If we don't have the the money that to donate, we can, we can maybe donate some time. Um, things like that. Find the causes that you care about and, and find a way to support them. Mm-hmm. Um, bonus points. If those are local community driven and you can actually see the, the tangible yeah. benefits more easily. I think we should all be doing that. Um, and also setting some boundaries with this other stuff because it's it's just too much. Yeah. And and being able to to be proactive in what you care about could definitely feel very empowering versus just yeah. being a passive, constant listener. Yes. About, you know, social issues or human rights or, you know, whatever murders, you know, <laughs> like um <laughs> no, I, I appreciate I appreciate that as well. So um, managing the notifications and how you receive content, both electronically and from other humans, <laughs> setting <laughs> boundaries with them. Let people know the best way to support you. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, people hear boundaries, they freak out. <laughs> so like, we could we could rebrand boundaries. <laughs> Just let people know how they could best support you. <laughs> I think you should put that on a shirt and sell it. That right? is great. That's great <laughs> advice. Yeah. I appreciate all that you've done throughout your life, the sacrifices you've made. Thank you to the support and and love from your wife for encouraging you to just, you know, put it out there on YouTube and figure out how to make videos and broadcast them both for your clients and then for everyone else to enjoy. I've been working on a book and the book is all about anxiety. Awesome. Well, we definitely all look forward to it. I'll I'll be back. I'd be happy to come back and talk about it. That would be awesome. Thanks, Dr. Alexis. Thanks for having me. You can access all of the resources we shared in today's show by visiting witandreason.com slash DC Radio. Subscribe to our new Patreon account, Wit and Reason, to get mental health tips, deeper reflection activities, 
and live events with me, Dr. Alexis. Support us by following, liking, and sharing our mental health show wherever you get your podcasts and our social media posts on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube with the handle at Wit and Reason. That's W-I-T-A-N-D-R-E-A-S-O-N. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 